This is working to be. It is Thursday night, December 17th, 2020. I'm Kevin Cooney. Thanks for joining us. Jam-packed show as we head into a weekend. Hope you survived the snow. Uh, you know, it was about five or six inches here in the Northeast. Uh, Mr. Kern, how are you? Um, my body's tired. Really? She got a shovel, man. Yeah, that was... Uh, I got some last night, which was good, but then today, you know, it was like that, it was starting to get to that icy kind of thing. Um, You know, that's not good. Yeah, so. we had the icy layer on top of the snow, which was not good at all. No, so. that's oh, not good at all. When I went out this morning, but it, having no problems with icy layers is our guest this evening, live from sunny Orlando, before he makes the trip I hate him. <laughs> I really do. I don't say that very often. Uh, but before he makes the trip back up here, I assume tomorrow, correct? No, 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 no. Are you kidding me? There'll still be snow on the ground. Okay. I'm waiting till Sunday morning. Oh man. That's the lovely that's the lovely part of the of the four o'clock kickoff. Ricky can parachute yeah. in and then Go back to the worthless Sunday. It's Ricky Ricardo, the voice of the Eagles in Espanol, also the voice of the New York Yankees in Espanol, and occasionally in English when Mr. Sterling has to take some time off. How are you, sir? I am well, gentlemen. How are you? We're good. We're good. Yeah. It's well, cold. Let me tell you, I had there was an inch of ice around here earlier today. An inch of ice. Really? Why? I went to the shave ice place. Oh, and that's... that they had the cherry rainbow flavor. It's fantastic. Man. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. Say it. You hate them. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Hate, I, it, I'll bet you it's not as good as the shave ice in Maui, though. Well, it's the it's a Maui shave ice. It's a it's, it's some sort of uh, yeah. But I've I've had I've had them. They're me. they're good. They're mm-hmm. good, but they're not as good as when you get in in Lahaina. Let's yeah, put it that. Well, but I'm it's about, good. Uh, Twelve hours from uh, from Lahaina or uh, Hainan <laughs> or anything else like that. So. Um, Disney World, it's it's Disney World in Orlando, and uh, and I'll take it. Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, so obviously, this is a big weekend for the Eagles because if you lose, you could put any dreams of, of winning the NFC East to the side, and then you can focus on whatever comes next. If you win, you crack the door open, don't you? A little bit. <laughs> well, you need some help. You're going to need the Seahawks to come east. And and beat uh, the Washington football team because Washington has to lose one of the two games that are not the final Eagle game. So they've got to lose to either Russell Wilson this week or to uh, to Matt Rule next week. Uh, Carolina goes into FedEx Field before that finale at uh, at the link. So the the uh, Washington team's got to lose one of those two. More than likely, the better chance of of getting picked off would be this week against Seattle. The three games stand alone. The three games that are important, if, if and I, it's a big if, if you're still hoping for a playoff berth, I'm hoping for the best possible draft. I wouldn't mind having a playoff game, obviously. But So the scenario would be Seattle wins at 1 o'clock, mm-hmm. the Eagles win at 4 o'clock, and the Browns beat the, beat beat the, the Giants. Giants at 8 o'clock. If those three things happen and they all stand alone games, 
if if that happens, then the Eagles have their fate in their own hands. <laughs> if they beat Dallas and they beat Washington, then they win the division. Okay, my, my, my. No, well, you, well, first of all, you should play that as a parlay because you could probably get a good number on that. If Was- Washington's got six wins, right? Washington yeah, Washington has, has six uh, wins. So if Washington yeah, six and seven. Okay, so if Washington wins next week, that would give them seven. So the you Eagles would have the, the Eagles would have to win out, and and I guess yeah, because of the tie that would get them, that would still leave them. Right? I keep forgetting about the tie. Silly me. Yeah, I mean it, it's one of those things that uh, the, Eagles ain't winning this week. Well, that, that's another story. Well, that's a that's a whole different. Eagles, Eagles have to win out. Right. The Eagles have to win out because I don't see I don't see Washington losing out. I don't see them losing right. all three. Would that so, be would that be something if the Cowboys were the ones that ruined the Eagles season? So if the Eagles went to Arizona and won, and all the Eagle fans oh. would be jacked to the mat, and then they go to Dallas and lose. Oh no. But to be honest, there's also and it's not as urgent because both teams won last week. But there's also a, a mindset that makes you think, you know, it would be better to finish ahead of the Cowboys in a sense on the draft. So they don't get another top five pick or whatever. I mean, it, you know, you can look at it two ways. If you're going to miss the playoffs, then finish behind Dallas, you know, at this point. So you end up kind of blocking them a little bit. You guys worry way, way, way too much about that. It'll be what it'll be. We've had drafts before where they've screwed up, where they were ahead of Dallas, behind Dallas. Well, they can why screw up any draft, why, this crew, but that's a whole different we, story. Kevin. Why do we worry about that when they're playing games and the Eagles draft picks the last three years have stunk? You know, worry about well, that when the season's over and you say, okay, we're drafting eighth, we're drafting fifth, we're dra- whatever we're drafting, and then we'll figure it out. I, like right now, this whole thing about, oh, I want, fi- I want the fifth pick. Or I want the f- who, who, I don't care about that right now. Okay. Go play a football game. Try to play the best you can. If you lose this week, then you start thinking about it, though. Well, no, I think about like, it I'd when like the season's over. The, I'd like to be the I'd like to be the first team in the division to pick, so we don't come across another C. D. Lamb situation. They wouldn't have taken like- C. D. Lamb. They would have taken uh, Aguilar or something. <laughs> Rager, Rager. I mean, you're probably right. You know, we we assume that the Eagles are always going to make the pick that's going to screw some team up like behind them or block some team, it never happens that way. It's the opposite way that it happens. So, you know, that's why the Vikings were laughing in their draft room. Yeah. Ricky, I mean, beyond, well, let's get to the Jalen Hurts end of this. Uh, and the Hurts-Wentz mess. Um, Tony Dungy was quoted today uh, on uh, WFAN as saying pretty much he thinks that there's no way to salvage Carson Wentz in Philadelphia, that you can't yank him back as put him on the bench and then say, hey, go ahead, you know, at this time next year. But, Kevin, he just meant in Philadelphia. He didn't mean, like, for his whole career. he meant in Philadelphia. He thinks it's beyond salvageable in Philadelphia. Uh, Okay. What do you say? I happen to agree with him because what has been proven to me anyway over these last couple of years between the Nick Foles situation and now the uh, the Jalen Hurts situation and the Joe Santaliquito article is that Carson Wentz seemed to, seems to be a bit thin-skinned. 
Uh, and gee, we've I never had a quarterback here who was thin skinned. <laughs> well, I mean, we're talking. Yeah. I, we can go back and. Yeah, but he went. He went to five. He went to five NFC Championship games. So I'll give him that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. You know, if you're going to talk about, uh, you know, number five will always love you. That was a, a different kind of situation because I thought Wentz had taken the monkey off his back, and I said this all along, and, and I've said it on the air. I thought that for Wentz to get the the Nick Foles gorilla off his shoulders. He had to at least take his team into the playoffs and in an ideal situation, at least win a playoff around, win a, win a game. He was able to do that last year by winning the last four must-win games because they were all back against the wall, four must-win games of the season, including <coughs> the Monday night overtime game against the Giants. Had to beat the Giants twice, Cowboys, and still they were the Redskins last year. Had to win win those four division games to get his team into the playoffs. He did that. He was heroic in a couple of those situations. But I think having been taken out of the playoff game as early as he was, because the first quarter when the clown hit, uh, I, I think the, you know, that remember Steve Young in 95 in the Super Bowl? Yep. When Steve Young destroyed the, uh, Chargers. the San Diego Chargers. The first thing he did when they put the cameras on him was to get the remember get the the gorilla get the monkey right. off his shoulder. I thought it was a similar situation with Wentz. Once he won that last game uh, of the regular season, got his team into the playoffs. He still needed that playoff win to really get the monkey off his back. It didn't happen. He got hurt, so things seemed to be in limbo again. And I thought they just put another gorilla on his other shoulder the night of the draft when they picked Jalen Hurts. I think it put the same pressure right. back on Wentz that he had, a similar kind of pressure anyway, uh, before that four-game winning but, streak where he takes his team right. into the postseason and Nick Foles is somewhere else. But Ricky, I, I just don't think he's equipped. I don't think he's equipped to handle this kind of pressure in this kind of market. Well, Ricky, then that... It reminds me... It, it, you know what it reminds me of, guys? Ed Whitson. Yeah, from the Yankee okay. days. Who couldn't play in, couldn't Ed play in New York. I remember yeah. him, yeah. Couldn't play in New York. But, yeah. Ricky, who does that fall on then? Is that the Eagles not understanding the, their own player? Is it Wentz for not being tougher? Is it the coach for not kind of handling the situation correctly in the way he approaches things with, with this quarterback maybe a couple of years ago? Is this... I think it's all of the above. I think it's all of the above. I think Wentz, uh, you know, Wentz came into a market which is the polar opposite of what he is used to from, you know, from from youth, college, whatever, into a pressure cooker like Philadelphia. And Philadelphia, as you guys know, is a different kind of pressure cooker uh -huh. than New York or than Boston. This is an Eagle Town no matter what's happening with the other three sports. The other three sports could be having parades down Broad Street. The Eagles are still king in this town, and you know that. And and I, I just don't think that Wentz knew, or or could the organization ever imagine that he, he would react to this kind of scrutiny from the media, mm -hmm. this kind of fan base pressure, and frankly, you know, programs like this one, 
WIP programming, you know, everyone, just the whole media world that we have, which is our own island in Philadelphia, is not for the faint of heart. And I think Wentz got off to a rocky start, unfortunately, because of not being on the field for the Super Bowl win. And what is mounted between injuries and the fact that the biggest successes of the franchise while he is on the roster were by backups. delivered by other players. I, I think yeah. that combination, you know, has really thrown him into a tizzy. And that's why I, I agree with Dungey. There's a lot of quarterback left in Wentz. I just don't see it. Mike, but Ricky, Ricky, if, go ahead, if, Mike. if Doug, for whatever reason, is let go, if he's the yeah. scapegoat, and you have to bring Carson back because of the contract, if they can't figure out anything to do, do you think another coach in Philadelphia could salvage him? As long as Jalen Hurts, if and we're speculating, obviously. Sure. But let's assume that Jalen Hurts plays well, not even winning the three games or getting the team into the postseason, but that Jalen Hurts plays the position of quarterback well enough in these last three games where whether it's Doug or whether it's, you name it, fill in the blank, new head coach says, okay, training camp 2021, we have got a quarterback competition. There's no way you can hand the job back to Carson Wentz. The least you would be able to do is to say, you know, the bet, let the better man win the job in training camp and whatever amount, who knows how many preseason games we may have. Uh, you know, when we get back, hopefully get back to normal next year. Right. remains to be seen. So to answer your question, would it simply, you know, bring everything back to point zero for, for Wentz if it was a new coach? I don't think so. Well, Ricky Ricardo from uh, 94 WIP and the Eagles radio voice in Spanish, as well as one of the voices of the New York Yankees, joins us here on Working the Beat. Um, but, all right. I th- and I mentioned this this morning in my spot for An- with Angelo, and I'll, I'll say this again. Look, everybody talks about, well, they talk about Doug as if Doug is just not, because of the tail off that somehow this is all on Doug, okay? You got to look at the reflection on the talent that they have around them, A, okay? And, and that's not being, that's not Doug picking that. That's Howie. And apparently, according to Paul Dama, which Howie is going nowhere, uh, uh, Dama reported tonight, okay? This just in. He's he's not going anywhere. Right. Um, And and I never thought he was going anywhere anyway, but go ahead. No, but if Howie, or if Doug is the one who goes, and Mike and I talked about this on the show on on Monday with Rob Motti, you know, if I'm the Los Angeles Chargers, I'm calling Doug's agent immediately. Uh, I'm calling if I'm the if I'm the Houston Texans, I'm calling Doug's agent. I mean, there's going to be a number of offers, and we should point out that the four coaches that Jeffrey Lurie has fired, okay, Rich Cotite, Ray Rhodes, Andy Reid, Chip Kelly, all found jobs in that ensuing off season going forward, so they didn't wait around. So there's a trend line here that the NFL tends to pick at Eagle coaches that are let go. Where do you think Doug? Do you think Doug is now on the hot seat if they don't make the playoffs? And and three of the, and three of those coaches stunk. And will I was going to go to that? Well, yeah, okay. I mean three of those coaches. But will will he get a job right away? 
Will he get a head coaching job yes. right away? I don't think so. I, 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 I think it has spread around the league enough to where what has been heavy conversation on Angelo's show, maybe on this show, it's been conversed on my show on WIP, and it, I, I think the uh, the word has gotten around enough to where there is a contingent of people in the NFL that believe that that Super Bowl victory had as much to do with the assistant coaches, namely Frank Wright and John DiFilippo. Guys, you know, DiFilippo, you know, it, it was a, it was a, the stars are aligned perfectly, roll of the dice that happened to come up, you know, seven that particular day and that particular, and let's, and let's remember that we're a Julio Jones one yard drop pass away from not even having this Super Bowl yep. or maybe even this conversation. But there's a there's enough scuttlebutt around the league that I think the shine is a little bit off of Doug Peterson, where I think maybe if, if he were to be let go here, I think his next step might be an offensive coordinator gig somewhere. But I'm not assuming that he's just going to jump right into another head coaching position. I, I don't think it's that cut and dry. I don't. Mike? Yeah, it, I, I, I tend to agree with Ricky. I, I think – People have just, I've heard this a number of times, well, Doug will get a job in five seconds. And maybe he will, because maybe it'll be a lot of jobs open. But I agree with Ricky. I think, and I don't know who's at fault, to be honest with you. I know Howie's done a horrible job with the draft, and he's done a horrible job with some signings, but he ain't getting fired. At least right now, he's not getting fired. And I'm not sure Doug's going to get fired, because, you know, we got to see how this plays out over the next three games um, with the quarterback. But... It's going to be really interesting to see how Laurie, going forward, tries to fix this. Because if Jeff is of the opinion that they're not far off, especially because of the division they play in, I think that could lead, and Kevin's talked about this, we've talked about it, it could lead to tragic results. Because they have problems besides personnel. They have, they have salary issues. You have a quarterback issue. Well, maybe you don't if Jalen plays well, but... I just think all the pressure right now is on the owner to to kind of get this ship going back in the right direction. And, and I, I think this – let me say something about the division. It is very similar to the Phillies' position in the National League East. Yeah, the, you're right. The NFC East, you have got Ron Rivera, who has obviously gotten in the ear of Daniel Snyder. That organization, minus the quarterback, obviously Alex Smith is is a steadying force. I don't think he's something that they can bank their future on, but he's, right. still, he's still around maybe a year or two more. Sure. The, the Washington football team is headed in the right direction with a tremendous young defense. Joe Judge and the Giants, although they slipped on a banana peel this past Sunday against Arizona, that organization, I think, is headed in the right direction with an, you know, a, a good young left tackle. It's finally starting to play well. Some of the key pieces, good uh, shutdown corner. They, they've got some cornerstone pieces. And and, and, they, and they could make the playoffs without their best, without their best running back. Yeah. They have D- Dallas, if Dak Prescott comes back, you know, if they can get their offensive line straight, Dallas might be of, of the other teams in the division, the one that might, you know, still be up in the air as far as roster wise, and it's all and, you know. It's, as long as it's Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones, you never know from one year to the next whether the world beaters are bottom dwellers. But there's enough positive direction by other 
teams in this division that mm-hmm. the Eagles really, really need to take a look at not a quick fix, not a Band-Aid, not trying to say, hey, we're still maybe a little bit better than the other teams in division. I would take a, a, a broader, long-term view and try to get some of these things straightened out in the, that, that will help the franchise in the long run. Because let's face it, this team is going to have the albatross of the Wentz contract whether they move on from him, which is still going to cost him $30 million. Yeah. They can't cut him, it'll cost him $60 million. They're going to have, in one shape or form, uh, one way, shape, or form, they're going to have the albatross of Carson Wentz next year contractually and on the roster if Hertz is playing well, who's your quarterback? All of that combined in a season where the salary cap is more than likely to go down mm-hmm. and they were going to have cap issues. Anyway, yeah. So it's, it's, I, I'm it's, not sure. I'm not sure Howie is that kind of a general manager. I think the Eagles' mentality. <laughs> you don't want me to go there, do you? Won the Super Bowl was we're going to try to win it every year. When and obviously that window is closed. Yeah. Well, remember, the, remember he made he made some comments. I don't exactly remember the quote. But Howie made some comments prior to the beginning of this season that insinuated that that it wasn't just a year-to-year thing. Remember, and, and Kevin, you may you know remember exactly what the quote was, but Howie made a statement to the press before this season started, basically saying, hey, guys, this might be a year where we have to you know reassess things as we look at moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I get it. And then he'll go on IP. And then he'll go on IP and talk to Angelo and say, we play for championships every year. So he contradicts himself in that respect as well, which makes him. Yeah, he has. Mm -hmm. I mean, which makes him the absolute wrong leader. There's no vision in Howie Roseman. It's reactionary. Everything is reactionary. But Jerry Jones isn't firing Steven and 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 Jeff Lurie is not firing this guy because he's like a son. You might as well get used to it, Kevin. Then put him in the will. I mean, I hate to, then put him in the will if he's like a yeah, son. Well, I'm telling you, Kevin, you, you, you can sit here and vent every week, and that's fine. I get it. it. It's okay. But barring something totally catastrophic, Howie's here next year. He's probably going to be here the year after that. He's probably going to be in, until the Eagles finish last like two or three years in a row, and Jeff says, hey. I can't take it anymore. So basically you end up like the Detroit Lions. We can sit here and go over all his mistakes and all the things. I told you on the show on Monday with Rob, if Jalen Hurts now becomes a decent player, how he's going to throw that in everybody's face. And that's going to be, and then you'll forget about uh, Whiteside. And you'll, I mean, I don't, but. And you, and you also have guys like Josh Sweat, you know, who, who was Josh Sweat and how he could hang his hat. Right. On a couple of picks, the likes of Jalen Hurts, if Rager turns into a player, which I I think there's a chance he might. I still right. don't think he was the right receiver of the bunch. But, well, you know, if, if he's a contributor in any way, shape, or form, Mylotta is turning into a very serviceable left tackle. And uh, and guys like Sweat and, and Hurts. How about Dillard? You like Dillard? Major players. <laughs> then how he can balance? He can almost balance them against the uh, Arcega Whiteside pick and say, okay, I blew it here, but look what I did here. Nothing balances the Whiteside pick. It was the worst pick in the history of the world. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
The guy doesn't even get on the field. Well, it, it may have been the second worst behind Dillard, but that's a whole different story. Well, no, Dillard we don't know about yet, though, Kevin. No, I mean, that's but what I'm saying, the mystery is still there enough that Dillard could be worse. This guy, Whiteside, doesn't even get on the field. Yeah, he's Think like Think about a, that. A but, team that has one what? of the worst wide receiving cores anywhere, and this guy can't even play 15 snaps a game and catch a pass. But but he's oh, like, no. but Mike, he's like a sun dome. You know, he should, he should have a job for No, life. he's a grandson. He's the grandson. Give me a break. <laughs> Kevin, the, you got to face reality. Oh, I'm sometimes. facing reality. I don't have to like it. No, you, you no, we can. But I'm just telling you how. I can point out how not, big a joke it is. How he's not going anywhere. And if Jalen Hurts is your quarterback next year and playing okay, again, it, never mind that the backup's making $35 million. You know, or or Alshon's still making well, money, or well, and let me, still making money. Let, or, let me let me ask that about Ricky, or to Ricky. How much do you think Jalen Hurts last week was the difference in that game? I think he was. Let me put it. Let, let, let me see if you guys can understand where I'm coming from. He didn't reinvent the wheel, and at the same time, he was the he was the difference in the game. Okay, because it was almost a less is more situation. What Hurts didn't do last Sunday didn't turn the. I mean, except oh, he didn't turn the ball over. Yeah, they didn't. He didn't turn the ball over. He converted himself some key third downs to continue drives and keep Schwartz's defense off the field. He did enough little things without. <laughs> and he made a couple of a couple of big plays, but it was the lack of mistakes because this season has been defined by Wentz's mistakes combined with Wentz's lack of making big plays. The the real killer have been the mistakes. Wentz, I mean, uh, Hertz made no mistakes, and then the the the, the times when he, they needed him to make a play, third down conversions, four. Down, he stuck his head in on that fourth and two yep. and got you those two yards. He did a lot of the little things and did none of the bad things. If Carson so plays that have, game. He didn't have a 400-yard game. He did have a 100-yard rushing game. You don't want that from him every week because he's never going to survive that. But he did enough in this game to be the standout player. But even as much as he did, it's as much for what he didn't do. If Carson played the game, they wouldn't have won the game. So I he, agree. So Jalen Hurts was the difference. Okay? Pure and simple. Regardless of what, because the team played differently. Yeah. The coach coached differently. The oh. defense, everybody seemed like they were uplifted a little bit. Uh, that doesn't mean. And they, remember, remember, they got a lead in this yes, game. Yes. Which is something they haven't has done. has been playing from behind, it seems yep. like, every week. And when you play from behind, you try to do more. And you maybe, you know, you, you overplay your hand. And that may have, you know, played into the, the Wentz decisions of the kill, kill, and changing plays and, and taking big-time risks. This game, the team was ahead. It was 14 nothing, 17. It, they were they played from in front, which is a completely different mindset, and it changes, like you just mentioned, it changes everything. It they, changes they had more the snaps. On the field, it changes everything. They had more snaps in the fourth quarter last week that they were ahead 
than they had all season combined. Yeah. Think about and, and that. They, and yeah, and they should have been ahead 20 nothing, except for sure. you know, the guy, uh, yeah, the guy who the has the... The kicker who has the multi the multi year deal who would be like an eight million dollar cap hit hits misses a twenty two. Uh, don't, don't give Kevin Howie ain't going anywhere. I was like a son. Anyway, um, <laughs> let me uh, let me uh, quiz you on the other sport. Uh, your thoughts and your initial thoughts on Dave Dombrowski. Uh, you got to see him up close. Look, I, I, you got to see him up I'm close with the Yankees. Guy. Yeah, I'm a Dombrowski guy. Dave, I, I've seen enough of Dave over the years. When I first got started in my transition from music radio into sports, which was in Miami a long, long time ago, Dave Dombrowski was still the general manager of the then Florida Marlins. Uh, with the Tigers, all the years with the Tigers, and not just um, during regular season, but even with the Phillies for year after year, Kevin, you and you know. Yeah. Dombrowski's a guy that travels everywhere with his team, even in spring training. Yep. Okay? So you'd see him in the lunchroom at Spectrum Field. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw him year after year when with the Red Sox. He would come in with the Sox to Yankee Stadium. Uh, I've got a you know a, a, a friendly relationship with him. We sit, we talk. He gives me you know five, six, seven minutes of his time to talk some baseball. Dave Dombrowski and his wife Carrie Ross. Remember the ex. ESPN anchor at ESPN for years. That's his wife. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, he outkicked, the, he outkicked the coverage. Oh yes, he did. Uh, <laughs> well, and actually, Dave went in his younger years. You know, I think they were maybe on par with each okay, other. Okay, fair I, enough. I do think outkicked. Fair uh, enough. Look, Dom, Dombrowski is a guy. If there's one thing about him, is he knows a winner. He knows how to build a winner. Now he's done it in different ways. In in Florida. He had the help of Wayne Heisinga with a large checkbook. Okay, mm-hmm. and remember when Heisinga sold the team, that's when he took the uh, Detroit job. He went yep. to the Tigers. So he had Mike Illich again, an, an owner hungry to win, big time checkbook. But in Detroit, he was able to create a farm system and at the same time have resources to sign free agents. You know, but the Verlanders. The world, some of these younger Scherzer. guys made the trade for Miguel Miguel Cabrera a complete steal. So he's a, he is a sharp guy in every phase. Yeah, he traded for Scherzer with, when Scherzer was with Arizona. A- absolutely. So he's going to have to do it a little bit differently here because unlike in Boston, where Yohan Moncada, for example, was a tremendous young trade piece to the White Sox to get a Chris Sale. Right. He's got he's got no big P. He's got no starting block to get his ball rolling. There's no one in the Phillies minor league system that he can send to a team and start bringing in some big, big time talent. This is going to take a little bit longer than usual, but I think he's the right guy for the job. Now, having said that the national league East is improving all around him. The Braves are very good now. They're the defending division champions. They've got even more young talent coming in. Mm-hmm. Not afraid to spend money in a good general manager. The Mets have now the richest owner in American sports. Yep. They are going, they're they're going and Sandy Alderson, with this ownership, Sandy Alderson is a bright baseball guy, and I like their choice of general manager. Then that franchise is on the up. And the Miami Marlins, who were the cellar dwellers, 
not only did they get into the playoffs, but they were able to knock off the Cubs. So that team and Derek Jeter and Kim Ang is a, and I know her from her time with the Yankees. Yankees. You know, Kim Ang and Derek Jeter, they're going to build a winner, and that team is also uh, on the upswing. So the Phillies really, and the Nationals, look, they're, they're, they're a year off a World Series championship. They'll get a Strasburg back. They still have Scherzer. They might be the suitor. They might be the suitor for JT Real Muto. And I'm hearing more and more of that each and every day. The Nationals aren't just going to fade away either. So the, the National League East, right now as we speak, fellas, it breaks my heart to say They're last. They're last. But the one thing I'll say, like you're talking about the Nationals with Real Muto, that's not a Nationals move. Like the Nationals poured their money in the pitching. The Nationals poured their money into guys who are going to play 159, 60 games. That's not Real Muto. And well, I, I, they, I think I think it's a bluff. Spend. They have money to spend. Rendon, Rendon left and left a big hole at third mm-hmm. base. It's Zimmerman. The youngster, keep him there. And there really isn't another big pitching target that I can see uh, Mike Rizzo going after. They don't have a catcher. I mean, Kurt Suzuki is gone. The only catcher they've got is is uh, is Jan Gomes, and Jan Gomes is no great shape. He's no. more of a backup than anything else. And what way? I mean, think about it from their point of view. What way? What better way to get back at the Phillies than by signing the Phillies' best player? The same way that the Phillies signed their best player a couple of years ago. And believe you me, Rizzo hasn't forgotten that. Mike? Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm depressed now. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it's funny, Ricky, when you talk about, because Kevin and I have, have had this conversation many times too, about all the money, you know, that, that the owner of the Mets has, obviously. But supposedly when we got Middleton, we were supposed to be that team. That had all these resources, and I understand everybody's hurting now because of. But we're every every team's in the same boat. They're all losing money. Why isn't why, why don't people talk about us like we have unlimited wealth because our owners fairly well off? I can answer this actually. Okay, sure. oh, yeah. my opinion. John Middleton has a lot of money, but that doesn't mean he has a lot of cash. True. Okay. Um, sure. he you know. Yes, I mean, it could be tied up in trust funds. It could be tied up in, or not trust funds, but it could be tied up in stocks. It could be tied up in, he has the Macintosh in uh, Chena Hotels, okay? Okay. He's not uh, Steve Cohen. He's not liquid. He's not liquid. And, gotcha. you know, maybe maybe you throw the bucks in, maybe they have more liquid than I'm giving them credit for. But, and he's not the learners either in Washington. No, Kevin. no. Yeah. So there's rich... There's really rich, and then there's obscene rich. I don't know if John Middleton is obscene rich where he can look and go, $150 million, I don't right. need that. But you know? we thought of him like that. that well, that's because, all I'm saying. Because we get Whether stars we, in our eyes. we were sold the bill of goods. That's, we were, that's what that's I'm saying. What we were sold. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. exactly what I'm saying. And if this team finishes last next year, I'm going to tell you, they, they won't get 20 people in that stadium when they come back. But but the, the the thing I will say is the Phillies more than any other club, and Ricky, you work for one that if you never threw the doors open, they still have pretty good cash flow coming in. Agreed? At, at Yankee Stadium? No, the Yankees. The Yankees, yeah. The Yankees, the Yankees remember, 
remember the, the that interlocking NY baseball cap is sold around the world. They the right. Yankees have revenue if not one fan walks through the door. The Phillies are not like that. The Phillies no. rely on their gate for way more than I think most teams. Maybe the Cubs are the only one that's close. But the the Phillies are so reliant on that gate revenue coming in that I don't blame them for taking a hit the way they did this year. I mean, you know, and maybe taking a step back and go, Kevin, we don't I'm know what's going to happen. Fault them. Oh, Kevin, no. I'm, I'm not trying to fault them. I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying is we, as a fan base, well, we build it up. I think didn't expect that because of some of the things, the crazy money statement, the getting Harper. I'm not saying the Phillies are wrong. I'm not. It was an intoxicating time, in, sure. In a bad way. I'm just saying I think it's disappointing as a fan base. And, of course, the pandemic obviously had a lot to do with this. Mm-hmm. If, but that's all I'm saying. Is I yeah, think but let's, we're, there's we're one thing you guys have not. There's yeah, one see, thing you guys haven't mentioned. There's a there's an elephant in the room that you guys have not mentioned. Which I was about to ask you, I think, about. But go ahead. It's Matt, Howie Roseman. Oh, no. The Matt Klintak era oh, has God. set this franchise back yeah. at least three to four years. Can't draft. Klintak did nothing. Nothing to enhance the farm system. Did nothing to other than signing, uh, you know, a couple of free agents. And I don't give Clintac the, the the credit for signing Harper. That was Middleton. That was Middleton's negotiation. So so was okay. Arietta, by the way. But, okay. but short of Jake Arietta and and uh, uh, you know the the, uh, the David Robertson, there was I, the Matt Clintac era. When you weigh what he brought as to what the baggage is, is still around from the Clintac era. It set this franchise back a couple of years, fellas. There's no other way to look at it. And, and then the team president set it back a little further with the relationship with the fans because he was such a Debbie Downer and just absolutely every mm-hmm. time he talked, he poisoned the well. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Mickey, so Mickey wh- Moniak, you know, how many guys are thriving on the major league level that came from the Moniac draft? I, you know, I, I could Kyle Scott on. or Kyle uh, Lewis from uh, Seattle. Seattle. Uh, mm-hmm. Kevin, sure. isn't that the draft that Ian Anderson? Said there was no, there was nobody good. Right, Ian Anderson with the Braves. Um, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can you can run down a list. Let me let me ask you. You observe, and he, and he's still consulting. Yeah, he apparently. <laughs> if you read Jason Stark's piece in the Athletic today on like the process with the Dombrowski. Ricky, did you get to read this? No, I haven't gotten to do Okay. That he actually said that there were like four different types of lists that came in for this search committee for GM and for pre- uh, president of baseball ops when they were narrowing field down. And one of the people who submit, like Boa submitted, Manuel submitted, Gillick submitted, Terry Ryan submitted, Matt Clintac submitted a list of people he felt would have been good. For Joe Manager of the Philadelphia Phillies. <laughs> it's unreal. Um Yeah, I, that makes no sense. Um, yeah. The guy who fought the guy who got fired, basically. Anyway, um, you read Clubhouses pretty well. Yes. So if JT Real is not here, let's play the assumption. I think he's 50-50 to come back. But let's say he's not here. How's the right fielder feel? Uh He's probably upset, but I tell you what, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Oh, but we've seen him be a malcontent before in Washington. He can put, when he put pen to paper, 
and signed for 13 years and basically declared himself, you know, Ben Franklin II and the second son of the city of Philadelphia, okay? And he's got to live with the good, you know, he's Billy Penn, Ben Franklin rolled into one. He's got to live with the good times and the bad times. And if he would have done his homework, he would have realized that for the last how many years, Kevin, in your lifetime, the Phillies have had two eras of good baseball, mm-hmm. okay, which was the late seventies, early eighties with the eighty championship, and then oh five, the, and then oh seven, the, the, out, the outlier year of ninety three, which you know it stands out. Uh, it, I and I'm still convinced that if the Atlanta Braves and the Giants don't have a hundred plus game pennant race that year, wears mm-hmm. out the Atlanta Braves team up until the last day of the season, okay, mm-hmm. that uh, that it, things may have been different. I think Atlanta was the superior. The, the, that was an upset in 93. Crap, if Maddox doesn't get a ball lined off his leg by Morandini in, early in the game, it, it may change exactly. that game, yeah. So, you know, for a franchise that over our lifetime has had two runs of good baseball, okay? That, that Not just our hard. lifetime. Their whole existence lifetime. Yeah. Their whole exactly. So Bryce Harper, uh, when he put his pen to paper for and made the commitment for 13 years and basically told everyone, "This is my home. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be here as we grow and build this thing into a winner." If there's a bump, uh, you know, two along the road, then he's just got to grin and bear it. Mike, I, 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 I couldn't agree with Ricky more. I mean. At some point, and I'm not, I don't mean now, but look, Bryce, four years, five years from now, could walk in and say, I don't want to be here anymore. Trade me. Problem uh, is, who's going to take the salary? Don't have to trade him, but, you know, the, or the Phillies. I, anytime you sign a guy to a 13 and expect him, if Riamolto leaves, if he's not here, tough crap, man. Suck it up. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I, I don't want to see him sulking because he doesn't like the way the club's being operated when you could have signed. With thirty other teams, yeah, I don't want to well, hear that. But one of the problem, making- one of the problems he has is the fact that how many other teams can afford that salary? There's no, there's, there's not an easy trade partner, even if he says trade me, because there's not. That's many, fine, but yeah. but, but I'm that's saying, a corner, but that's the corner that he painted himself. That's right. Sure. He could have signed with the Giants. He could have signed with a team closer to his home if he wanted to. He might have made a little bit less money. Could have taken the one year deal with the Dodgers. The, the Dodgers right, offer. There you go, Kevin. You're right. The forty-five million dollar one-year deal. Well, now he's dealing with the with the Braves. So you know, and maybe the Mets, and maybe the Marlins, and maybe the, well, the his old team. And that's and that's not to say that even if Real Muto goes, and and what Real Muto is asking for is Joe Mauer money. And I'm sorry to tell you, JT Real Muto is not Joe Mauer. He's a 30 year old catcher who's been already been beaten up a little bit physically. Mm-hmm. He's looking for a five year deal. There's not a sane general manager in Major League Baseball that's going to give a 30 year old catcher a five year deal. And, and and he's not a good enough hitter to where when he comes back from behind the plate and you have to find him another position, maybe at first base, he's not that guy. How- he's, he's a good hit. He's a he's a very good hitter for a catcher right. in today's standards. But once he has to come out from behind the plate like Maurer did, he's no Joe Maurer. All right, let me ask you then for another guy, guy you knew. Didi. Well, no, not Didi. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you about the manager who came here, was energetic, was enthusiastic. Yeah. You know, 
he had a lot of opportunities to go a lot of different places. Could have mm-hmm. gone to Flushing. Could have gone to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think he's going to react if if this is a longer-term rebuild? Uh, no, I, I think that uh, Girardi's here for the long term. Remember, Joe, in 10 years as Yankee manager, when all is said and done, came away with Uno, one World Series in 10 years. In his okay. first year, right? Yeah, uh, second year. Uh, second year. Nine, which would have been uh, second. Second year. First year at Yankee Stadium or at, the, the, at the new stadium. The new Yankee Stadium, but uh, second year as manager. Right. In third year. Second. Fourth year. Second. Second, second year. Yeah, because uh, uh, Tory was I, fired. I don't think Girardi's going anywhere. I don't think Girardi bought into any quick fixes. And if anybody knows, if anyone knows that you can't invest in a catcher, he is a catcher. Mm-hmm. If you, if anyone knows that it's a, it's it's fool's gold to invest big money over a long term contract with a catcher, it's Joe Girardi, and I and I I I think in today's game, with the vacuum, there is a big vacuum at, at catcher all around baseball. Get a guy, and I I would have loved to have seen seen Mike Zanino. Yeah. If they're not going to sign Real Muto, I would have loved to have seen seen Mike Zanino because he works great with a pitching staff. But get a guy that can handle a pitching staff. Even if you go Yadi Molina for a year or two, but get somebody there that can get these young pitchers into a good groove and into a, a uh, into some good habits on the mound. I, and I'm not sure Real Muto is that guy. Now, look, if they sign. My name is 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 he the better choice of what you have out there? Absolutely. Then, I, wouldn't but then, more, I wouldn't give a catcher more than three years with a fourth year option. But I'm Ricky, not sure he's ready if, to accept what you're saying, mm-hmm. and I have no, I agree with what you're saying. I agree wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Then why do you make the trade in the first place if you're giving up a guy who now looks like he's going to be a pretty good pitcher for a while? He may not be, but he looks like he could be. You know, mm-hmm. it just seems to me like. You know, if you make that trade knowing that the odds are only maybe 50-50 that you're going to sign the guy, then you shouldn't probably make that trade. The winners of that trade are the Miami Marlins. As of right now, it closed the book on it. Sixto Sanchez is going to be a 15-20 to game winner, barring injury. You know, he's already been hurt, so he's recovering. He's Ferguson Jenkins all over again. You know, Jorge Alfaro is a very serviceable guy. I mean, what is the gap? Is the gap that big between Real Muto and, and Alfaro? There's a gap. It's not a huge gap. Well, let, let, gap. let's also remember getting Real Muto may have brought Harper in. May have helped with the Harper. I don't buy it. I don't buy that. All right. Uh, you know what got Harper here? Money. 13 years and 25, 26 yeah. million bucks. Ooh, let, let me ask you two yeah. quick questions. You could have had Kevin Cooney <laughs> yeah. behind the plate. And if you offer me that kind of money, Kevin Cooney is starting to look like Johnny Bench. I was just going to say, I more, look more like Engelbert from uh, Bad News Bears, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> like Bruce Bochy when he was playing, but go ahead. I have, I have a size 8 hat, so yeah, I can fit. Anyway, <laughs> um, will we start spring training in February? I don't think so. I, I think Major League Baseball, the owners... And obviously, this has everything to do with the vaccine. We're already starting to see, sure. you know, some hiccups and some bumps in the road. Some people today complaining, healthcare workers complaining about allergic reactions. This is not going to be just a. I don't think it's going to be a smooth, uh, a smooth, you know, fast moving transition into uh, into the vaccine era. But I think we'll be delayed 
the owners want to start in May because they want fans in the seats. And uh, the, the Players Association obviously wants 162 games worth of salary. Uh, if you tell a guy like John Middleton, you can only put 2,500 fans, if that, right. at Citizens Bank Park uh, in the month of, uh, of April, I don't know if that's going to fly well with uh, with owners around baseball. My feeling is that they'll come to some sort of agreement to play about 130 to 140 game season that more than likely will begin in uh, late April, beginning of May. And hopefully by then, the municipalities will have a better grip on how many people have been vaccinated. And what, what you can open up to. What, what, and what you can open with. Uh, are you confident that they will hold off on cba talks going forward uh i think they have to i don't think there's any choice okay i i think there's the the the, the gorilla in the room right now is 2021 uh, i think they could have a moratorium and play under the year 10 rules for one more season i think the dh will be in the national league this year i think when all is said and done and they negotiate some of these things mm-hmm. i think the outcome will be what the players want which is the dh because there's more opportunity, more guys. Uh, I think you'll have about 135 to 140 games season. You will have uh, the uh, the seven inning doubleheaders maybe back, yep. and the guy on second base in uh, in extra innings. I think those yeah. changes that we saw. <laughs> yeah, Mike my, my loves that rule. Mike, it's the stupidest. It's the stupidest rule. It, 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 don't get me started. It's high school. I would prefer yeah. if you're going to do it, you do it like at around the twelfth inning. I, I would I would play the first two extra innings this way and then do it, you know, with that. But all right, but maybe, maybe. maybe. They, that yeah. might be modified. But I, I do yeah. think that some of those things, once you get them in, it's like gay marriage, fellas. Yeah. Once it's in, it's not going back. You know. Yeah. Um. Right. All right. I wanted to bring this is the final topic, and I haven't run this by Kern. Okay, and. So, in fair, uh, I alerted Ricky on this one. Uh, WXPM, which is the public radio station out of Penn, mm-hmm. um, concluded a countdown about 7 o'clock. That's probably why we were recording late, because I didn't get dinner started until then. Okay. Um, where they counted, like, the top 2,020 songs of all time. Okay. Okay. All genres. So we're talking basic. We're, we're talking basically pop, rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, all genres. Okay. Karen, you you with me on this one? You got the concept yeah. right. Okay. Wow. Here are the top ten. I want to get your instant reaction, both of you. Fire away. Can't get no satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. Number ten. A little too high. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I I agree with Ricky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God Only Knows by the Beach Boys, number nine. Way too high. <laughs> this is by a, a, a listener poll, I should point out. Go ahead, uh, Mike. I'm surprised that, I'm surprised that a, a pen poll would have two songs from the 60s to start out, but that's okay. Oh, wait, it gets better. Uh, Stairway to Heaven by Zeppelin, eight. Okay, top ten. I would I would say top five. Yeah, that's in the conversation for for best song ever. Okay. Yeah, I, the Weight by the Band. Number I'm seven. Not a band, no. I'm not a band person. Way so too I don't high. Know. Way too high. Way too high. Okay. Number six. In My Life by the Beatles. 
Wrong song. Right group, wrong song. Yeah, it's got to be Day in the Life. Day in the Life was 11, Mike. I mean, the, the greatest the greatest love song ever written is something. That's true. Uh, I, I could go down. There, there's three or four Beatles songs that should be. Hey, Jude. Yeah. Hey, Jude's got to well, be in the top. In, wh- in the whenever top they do, whenever they do a top Beatles countdown, mm-hmm. Day in the Life wins. All right, Day in so, the Day in the Life. I don't know what that means, but I'm just saying. Day in the Life was 11. In my life yeah. was six, and Hey Jude was 12. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, um. Uh, what number am I up to? Oh, uh, number five. 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 Born to Run. Bruce Springsteen. Okay. You're okay with that? Uh, I'm, yeah. I think that's the only Springsteen in the top ten, but go ahead. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, personally, I think it might be a little too high, but I understand why it's five. Okay. I get it. Give me Shelter, Rolling Stones, four. I'll take that. Okay. Two Stone I'll songs. Defer, I'll defer to Ricky. It won't, that's not one of my favorite songs, but I'll defer to Ricky. Like a Rolling Stone by Bob Dylan. Three. Yeah. You're, I understand the, the why smirk. The smirk doesn't work on a podcast, Ricardo. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I, I, that's a little high for me, but I get it. I, you know, Dylan recently with the catalog sale and, uh, uh, I'm not a I'm not a huge Dylan. I'm I, I'm not big Springsteen, but I'm more Springsteen than I am Dylan. Okay, imagine John Lennon too. Okay, it's it's hard to argue with. I mean, yeah, I mean I I wouldn't put it number two per, but it uh, but yeah, top ten, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah, sure. Thunder Road by Bruce Springsteen. No, no, that's that that's that is listen. There is it was written by fraud. it was apparently only forty five year old sports writers, but go ahead. There were mail-in ballots at three in the morning, and voter fraud and the Dominion <laughs> system was used. To yeah, get, I, I refuse. I refuse to concede on that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm getting a cracking lawsuit. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. And oh. This is this is me now. Okay. So, I mean, I, I have my favorite. My I'm I'm a Billy Joel, Elton John kind of guy. So I'm not going to throw one of those. But my favorite song of all time is probably um, "Scenes from an Italian Restaurant" by Billy Joel. I can actually me. look this up. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, you want Billy Joel? You want a Billy Joel uh, little thing here? Scenes from an Italian I'm, restaurant was number three ninety three. Well, yeah, but that's wrong. But but that's okay because you know whatever. Second but, second highest um, Billy Joel song, by the way. American Pie is, I think, is is one and American one, Pie should be number one. I, I'm, I mean, and Bohemian Rhapsody to me is one of the best songs ever. And I'm not the biggest Queen fan in the world. Right. That song is tremendous. D- Don McLean's American Pie is 71. Um, that's, 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 a dis- that's a disgrace. That is. That's an absolute disgrace. Uh, Where's Bohemian Rhapsody? 14. What? 14. Okay. I mean, The Wall. The Wall by Pink Floyd should be in the top 10. Uh, hey, Jude. Layla by Derek and the Dominoes, which, of course, was Clapton. Um, top 10 love train by the oj if you say all genres has got to be in the top 15 top 20 the, the top motown is r-e-s-p-e-c-t by aretha that, right. that was 16 yeah, you, might, you might need you might need a stevie wonder song somewhere up there or, or exactly. Mar- marvin gay was 19 at what's going on um yeah i mean two versions of hallelujah by the way finished nine apart uh, the Mike, Co- the Mike. Leonard Cohen version twenty nine, and the uh, Jeff Buckley version was thirty seven. My favorite song this month because Walmart plays it every three three commercials is Tammy Terrell and and um, 
Marvin singing uh, "You're All I Need to Get By" because yeah. they're and I've heard it now, and all I do is yeah. hum it all day. It's a tremendous song, Have, but I is. understand it's not going to be it in the is. top ten. But, but I tell you, you know, the, where's Elvis? Kevin. Oh, that's oh, another one. Oh. Yeah. Well, they, they gave like a list of where all you're saying what's the top Elvis song? What, yeah, what's the best yeah. Elvis? Give me the top Elvis. Uh hold on here. Um Elvis uh Elvis Costello. Elvis Presley. Su- suspicious Minds 231. Wow. Suspicious hey. Minds. You see that? He's, no he's the king. This countdown. This is a joke. Yeah, he's this the is king. Worse than the Biden Harris campaign. <laughs> uh, we're not going to get into politics, there, no there Ricky. Please. Involved here. This stinks. Um, this is the Dominion system gonna run. Oh, okay. don't don't go there, this, please. This sounds like a vote in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> this is Chinese influence. Are, are you implying that I fixed this somehow? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um. All right. Uh, well, happy holidays to you. I mean, California girls should be top ten. Oh, I'll give you another one, just off the top of my head. Eagles, um, um, Hotel California. That was seventy-seven. California, exactly. What number was that, Kevin? I believe that was seventy-seven when I saw it. Yeah, seventy-seven. No, no way that there's seventy-six songs yeah. better than Hotel California. I'm sorry. Where's the who? The who? Uh, yeah. Hold on here. I mean, some of these have like so many. Uh, the the highest ranking Who song is Baba <laughs> O'Reilly, and that's twenty eight or twenty six. Twenty six. Twenty eight. Twenty six. Be higher than that. Yeah, but let's remember, guys, that the the biggest selling song and most played song of all something. time, year after year after year, is White Christmas. Oh, okay. Yeah, they didn't put Christmas music in this. But was it, 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 let me, Ricky, wasn't the one Beatles song either something or yesterday, like uh, 300 people um, covered it or something like that? Like it, it's been yeah. covered like a thousand times. Something. Mm-hmm. By the something. way, okay. By the way, yeah. on this list, the Beatles had 67 songs. Out of how many? Tw- 2020. Okay. The Stones have 43. Springsteen was third at 38, Dylan had 37, and Led Zeppelin had 31. It's like anybody who tries to make the argument that the Beatles weren't the best group in the history of music just doesn't get it. They don't understand. I I heard Paul describe it once. It was great. He says, most bands have one A guy. We had four. And it's the absolute best quote I ever heard about the Beatles. And they were. It was four A guys. You know, and they were, for what they did, for the amount of time they were together, and then what they did after they weren't there, it, nobody even comes close. No. I'm sorry. My opinion. Uh, I think we may have lost Ricky. Hold on here. Sorry about that. No, 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 no. He may have run out of, of thing <coughs> on his phone or whatever. So uh, if we don't get Ricky, I'm dialing him back now. We're doing this on FaceTime tonight, which is different. So I apologize. And... <laughs> if we don't and don't look like we're going to get him back. Hold on here. Yeah. Anyway, our thanks to Ricky Ricardo. If he doesn't come back. I like Ricky. Ricky is awesome. You know, we we have a lot of fun. On, Kevin, when he first started doing the shows, I didn't really warm up to him. Hold on. You know, hold on. I, I think we may why. have him back. What's that? I think we may have him back. Hold on. Okay. Actually, no, we don't. So. 
I, I for whatever reasons, I, I didn't know. It was like Ricky Ricardo, you know, maybe I was, you know, maybe I thought he was Lucy's husband or something. I didn't, but I got to tell you, of all the people that are on IP and I, you know, or, or on anyone on either of the stations, Ricky's one of the most, I mean, I love Jody Mac. You yeah. know, I can listen to Jody Mac anytime, anywhere. Ray Didinger, obviously I'll listen to Ray, but Ricky's a good listen. Yeah, and he comes in with even during that conversation we just had. Yeah, he comes at you sometimes with things you don't think he's going to say. No, oh, I know, and, which and, I like. I, I like that because you know it keeps you on your toes a little bit. Oh sure. So our thanks to Ricky. Uh, we <laughs> so our thanks to Ricky Ricardo for joining us. I appreciate it. Uh, always always fun, always entertaining, and uh, best wishes to Ricky. Obviously, as we hit the Christmas holiday. Yeah. Uh, I- I love the fact that he's had two careers. Oh, I love. That's I why love I brought the people, music up. That's why I love people that like. I had one career, and it was a good one. Not, but I did one thing for a long time, and I think I was pretty good at it. But who knows? Maybe I wasn't. Um, but these people that kind of, for whatever reasons, like you, kind of. I mean, you're, you know, you're, you're, you know, you might be a teacher at some point. That might be your future. I don't notice a guy like Tony Leodora who worked at a newspaper and then had to get into other things and now is very successful as like a marketing guy and doing yep. a golf show and doing a radio golf show. And I just admire people like that. They can switch, you know, kind of what they're doing. And Ricky was very good at what he did with the music, I'm sure. And then parlay it into what he's doing now. And it just, I, I just, my hats go off to people like that. It really, I really do. Yeah. Ricky is, and Ricky is a good guy. I mean, one of the, one of the best parts was, of being on the Phillies beat when Ricky was doing the Spanish channel uh, broadcast for the Phillies was, we just had a lot of fun. So, uh, all right. Yeah. Are you, he uh, seems like a good guy. Like he seems like you would have fun. Oh yeah. Be, being around. And, him. He, and you know what? He's not the type who you need. He doesn't agree with everything you say and he, you don't. Yeah. But I don't want him to agree with everything, but you I know don't what want you to agree with everything. I right. Say. But I, you know what? You know, he, he looks right on. He doesn't have a mean bone in his body, and he's not vindictive, and he agrees. We can agree to disagree on everything. So, if, if me, you, Joe Giuliano, and Terry Tui and Jack had sat around at Villanova games and agreed on everything, be boring. Think how boring that would have been. It would have. I mean, really. Um, you know, and that's why I'm glad we never did. No. Um. All right. So obviously, we are now uh, in championship weekend for the. Championship yeah. weekend. I gotta be honest with you. I took I took a look at all the lines and stuff. I probably won't be a lot of help to you tonight, but I'll do my best. Okay. I'm not into. It. Are you into it? I mean, really? Are you Are you like into? Well, it? I'm into it for a selfish reason. What do you mean? Because my favorite team is gonna probably play in the. Oh no, name. Okay. Yeah. Um. But I guess what I'm saying is, and I know there's been a lot of controversy around the college football playoff, you know, Cincinnati moving down spots. Yeah. Uh, my, you know, hold on. Mike, uh, uh, is it Mike Orendo? Is his name? The, Mike Orasco. Or Mike Orasco. Hey, Mike, shut up. <laughs> to be honest, shut up. Like, this yeah, is. But, but I understand. Here's the problem, though, Kevin. I understand if you're Cincinnati, there's no way of measuring yourself. I get all that. But, but his team has, the Cincinnati's dropped. Like two times not playing games. Other teams have not played games and not been treated the same way. Okay, Ohio State's missed games, and I'm not trying to say Cincinnati's better than Ohio State. But what I'm saying is, it's almost like they're saying, Cincinnati, there's nothing you can do. I mean, 
Clemson could lose to Notre Dame on Saturday and probably will still be ranked ahead of Cincinnati if Cincinnati beats Tulsa by three touchdowns. And I think everybody seems to agree that this Cincinnati team is legitimately good. Um, And that's the problem with this whole college football thing is we get the same four teams all the time. And it's getting old. We've had Alabama forever. We've had Clemson forever. Oklahoma most years. Now, they're not going to be in it this year. Um, Ohio State. Yeah, but even though the Big Ten hasn't made the playoffs two of the last three years, um, and, you know, and, and Notre Dame has been there. Once. I mean, Notre Dame's not there all the time, no. but it's still Notre Dame. And I just think what this is going to do is, and I don't know if it's going to fix it, I think they're going to go to eight teams, but they're, they're, they're it's, it won't happen for like three or four years because you got to let contracts play out. Rose Bowl, con- well, yeah, well like the good, the good news is the the college football playoff contract I believe expires in twenty three or twenty four. So we're getting to right. That point so, so yeah, and then and, and and around that time they will probably talk about. But here's the problem: if you go to eight teams, here's the exact problem: is you're the Cincinnati's of the world are still going to get left out, or they're barely going to get in. The American, saying, but the Americans its own worst enemy because they they try so hard to be like include. It's like that. It's like the puppy dog that's constantly at your feet, and you find. But what are they supposed to do, Kevin? But what are they supposed to do? They supposed to throw up their hands and say, "No, we're no good." I mean, maybe maybe not. Maybe maybe tell one of your teams not to hang a national championship banner when you didn't play in the national championship. See, I don't think. Look, that was stupid. But I think it comes. I I think it comes back and haunts them. But I think that type of stuff comes back and haunts them. That's all I'm saying. I don't think the college football committee is sitting there this year. Saying, man, Central Florida, you know, two years ago hung up a banner. Nah, Joe Paterno in 1970 did the same thing, or 69, did the same thing. His team got left out because they decided to go to the Cotton Bowl instead of the, or the Orange Bowl instead of the Cotton Bowl. They didn't play Texas, and he gave his team rings, and they declared themselves national champs. Wow. Okay, well, they weren't the national champs. Texas was the national champ. That's fine. Um, All I'm saying is, I think if you go to eight teams, this is the way you got to do it. In, in my estimation, the five champions of the five major conferences all go to the playoffs. I don't care if Oregon's nine and three. If they win the Pac-12, you got to have a reward for winning the championship well, of the, those the, five conferences. The Oregon, you have to. The Oregon thing is a is a cluster in itself. Well, because, this year, yeah, but this year, don't don't count this year. This no, year's stupid. I, you're right, but. I, I'm just saying, in a normal year, if Oregon has three losses but wins the Pac-12 because they got, they're got they in, right. yeah, that gives you three teams. I think you almost have to save a spot for a, a non-Power 5 conference if, um, yeah, I mean, I hate to say they got to go unbeaten. I mean, I hate, because that's not really fair either, but there's got to be almost room for one of those teams, if you're going to go to eight teams, mm-hmm. and then the other two can be any two you want. You know, that's up to the committee, I guess. Yep. All right, let's uh, get to the picks. You ready? Yeah, I'm not going to be of much help here, but I'll, right. I'll do my best. All right. Just find me where you want to go. Take me to the action. Take me to the track. Take me to a party. If the betting in the back, I've been working all my life. Can't afford to wait. Let me call my wife so I can tell her. Well, I got to admit, 
Um, I've been a lot better on the college games than I have been on the NFL recently. So um, it's okay. Yeah, it happens. I got to tell you, it's depressing watching Nelson Aguilar snag like a twenty-five yard <laughs> bash. I, 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 I just it, it just makes me sick. It, it's it really fi- it's finally Marcus Mariota, the uh, Nelson Aguilar right now. It's like Chip Kelly's uh, dream. Yeah, that's yeah. You're right. Yeah, um, uh, um, all right. I mean, look, Florida. Look, all the the big games. Nobody thinks Notre Dame's going to win, okay? No, nobody in the free world. I think they got a shot. I mean, I don't think they're that bad of a team. I understand the the, the uh, revenge and Dabo and all that, you know. But I'm just saying, Alabama's favored by 17 over by 10 you know, by 10 Florida team that's coming off a horrible. Oh, loss. Alabama. I'm sorry. Yeah, and um, what's the other games? I mean, Oregon, USC. I don't care. Uh, it, it, yeah, yeah, that that whatever. would be tomorrow. That's tomorrow night. Uh, USC right. is a three point favorite, um, and no, and North, uh, Ohio State's a three touchdown favorite in tw- its game. Twenty, so, right? Yeah, um, uh, against Northwestern, mm-hmm. right? They're favored by three touchdowns. Yeah, I'm actually going to start with that game. And I'm gonna, go ahead. I'm going to take. I'm going to take the Wildcats. Um, Ohio State had a number of players test positive in COVID protocol today. Uh, they are going to play the game on Saturday. Uh, apparently, though, they could be without some serious things. And, you know, here's the one thing. Ohio State's pass defense is awful. Just awful. They got smoked by Indiana and Michael Haddock, or Michael Penix uh, back in the shoe a couple weeks ago. Um, Ohio State hasn't played. They've played twice since November 7th. Um I think this is a case where that number is more a reflection of what Ohio State should be on paper than maybe what they actually are. So I'm going to take three touchdowns, and I'm going to take Northwestern. I think Pat Fitzgerald can have them hang around or even a backdoor cover. But I think Northwestern hangs in it, and I think they keep it close. See, I, I can't. If that's fine, I can't play games for backdoor covers. But if you think Northwestern can keep it close. They keep it close. Fine. I, think- I but I here's the only the bad part is Ohio State has been feeling and I think Ohio State's going to get in if they win by two. Okay, I don't I don't buy into this that Ohio State has to win by whatever. But I think Ohio State thinks Ohio State might have to win by whatever. And right. I think if they if they start playing downhill, and that's what happens sometimes in these games, mm-hmm. if Northwestern can be like tied at halftime, you know, or close at halftime, you got a chance. But if Ohio State's up fourteen in the second quarter, you got no chance because then Ohio State's going to put 50 up. Um, and and we, I've seen them do that in these situations before. But you could be right. I mean, it, you know, three touchdowns is a lot. I mean, but it's 21 for a reason. Hey, let, think about this. Ohio State, the, the two common opponents they have are Michigan State and uh, Nebraska. And Ohio which, State uh, beat Nebraska by 100. Right. Northwestern barely beat Nebraska. And lost to Michigan lost State. To Michigan State. So, yeah. I'm, I, I, you know. For whatever that's worth, that might not be worth anything. But and again, know. I think the COVID situation at Ohio State and maybe the rust is where I'm kind of looking at. That's it for fine. Ohio State. I ain't betting a game because of COVID. Uh, that's me. I'll take Iowa State getting five and a half in the Big Twelve championship game against Oklahoma. You know, everybody looks as uh, uh, Oklahoma's good. Spencer Rattler is really, really good. As and uh, he's been really good the last month. Month. Uh, yeah. You know, I look at Brees Hall. He hasn't gotten a lot of attention. The running back for Iowa State. I mean, he is somebody who's rushed for 1,300 yards in a shortened season. 
17 touchdowns. Because he plays at Iowa State, you don't get the the appeal. You, know, you don't get the, the coverage of him that you would in a normal circumstance. And Matt Campbell's a really good coach. Matt Campbell's turned that program around. I get it. Oklahoma's beat them forever. I was and, and, and Oklahoma's has been in this game before and won it. And baby. won it. And yeah. I and I was and Iowa State either. did beat them the first time in Ames and it's a it's a revenge game and all that. Yeah. I think Iowa State's the big, best team in the Big 12 this year. I'm going to take yeah. Iowa State. What what is the over under on that game? Uh let me check. Just curious. I think it was in the 60s. Yeah, it has to be because Oklahoma I, I might think about an over in that game. I don't even know what the score of the first game was, but the first game was so long ago. It was the first weekend in October was the first game. 58, right. by the way, is the number. Uh, what is it again? What is it? 58. And the first I, game was 37-30. I might think about the over because I could almost see Oklahoma putting 35-40 to 40 up, and there's no reason Iowa State can't score, you know, close to that. So... You know, because Oklahoma plays very little defense. Right. Um, now, the one problem is that the guy, if the guy from Iowa State is going to run for a lot, that will take time off the clock, and, you know, you, you might have a, a shorter game. Which, But I, I think I would try the over there. Uh, and my final official pick, I'll take Alabama. I'll lay the 17. Uh, it's know, a tough game because of what happened last week. I uh, Yeah, and I think if, if Florida had won last week like they should have, I think I would have been all over Bama. But you know? I don't know what the situation in with Kyle Pitts, who is um, Kyle Trask's main receiver at this point, the kid from Archbishop Wood. Um, you know, and you wonder how a game like that does play on kids' minds going into the SEC championship game. I know Dan Mullen saying, hey, we still have a shot to win the national, to win the SEC, and we have a shot to maybe get to the playoff. They ain't getting to the playoffs. They're not getting if the playoffs. Florida gets into the playoffs, there should be an investigation. You can't lose at home to a 24-point underdog. The only, the, only way, the only way Florida would get in is if both Ohio State and Clemson lose. That's it. Okay, so let's assume, let's say Florida wins, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's say Notre Dame wins. Let's say Northwestern wins. That's the scenario you're painting. Okay, so Bama is the one seed. Notre Dame's the two, two. seed. Um, A and M maybe three and four. Well, I, I'm guessing A and M would move up. Although they did lose to Bama by thirty, but that's okay at home. Um, I'm guessing A and M would move up, and then four. Well, if I who, was doing the, picking, I was gonna, well, I was going to say is Iowa State. Is Iowa State a two-loss Iowa State if they win the uh, the Big Twelve somehow sneak in as the four? Uh, see, me personally, at that point, if I was on that committee, I'd think about Cincinnati because I, I, I agree all on those that. Other teams would have two losses because at that point but you're yeah. declaring chaos. I mean, well, no, if you have one loss, I understand it, and I understand if Florida would be able to sit there and say, "Hey, we just beat Alabama." I get that, but the you lost to LSU at home. They're a 24-point favorite. You can't do that. No. And and I'm just saying, at that point, if I was on the committee, and I'm not, and Cincinnati beat Tulsa and looked really good doing it, I think I would say, you know what? The hell with all this. All these teams have two losses. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Cincinnati has gone unbeaten and played all its games or most well, of its games. Um, I'm putting them in, but well, I don't think that would happen. Well, and, and let's also be honest: if it's if you have a bunch of two loss teams, they're going to take Clemson. Well, not no, because Florida would have a win over Bama. Who's Clemson's win over? They don't have one. No, I think yeah, Florida, Miami, I, Miami I think was their biggest win, and now that's gone. If it doesn't matter, if you beat Alabama. You can sit up there. I'm just saying. I think it sends a goofy message. So you don't but, think you don't think. Uh, let me let me ask this directly. If Cle- uh, you think Alabama's in, no matter what happens, correct? Yes. Yes. Notre Dame, you think is in pretty much, no matter what happens. They would have to, I think, get, get blown 20. out by like fifty. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like twenty, like like twenty four, thirty, something like that. Okay. If Clemson loses. Do you think Clemson's in? Not necessarily, no. No, because if Ohio State wins, Ohio State's going to get in ahead of them. Uh-huh. And I think Texas A&M would jump them. It may depend. You depa- can't lose it- twice. Kevin, you can't have two losses unless your two losses are to Bama and Clemson. Like, you know, or something akin to that. Yeah, I, I, I know and what so you're saying, a, but well, I, I think Clemson, and I think Clemson knows they're out. But you don't, you don't think they would, you don't think no, they would buy the you argument. asked me three times. No. I said, no. They're but not that, because Lawrence didn't play the first game that maybe that made, makes care. a difference. Okay, I'm just care. asking. Texas A&M, I think, would then move up into the fourth spot. God. I think, now the interesting thing would be, is if Clemson, God, that would be so ugly. Scenario. That we painted before, where Cincinnati could move into the four but won't, you might have to choose between Clemson and Florida. Uh-huh. Or you could make the case for Iowa State. You, you know, could. if Iowa State beats Oklahoma twice, you know, I, I wouldn't. They did lose the Louisiana. Right. But Clemson could always say, hey, our two losses were to Notre Dame. And one was at Notre Dame in double overtime with our quarterback um, out. And if they lose, let's say Notre Dame wins by three on Saturday. And, you know, and, and I'm not saying that Clemson's record from the past five years should have anything to do with it, but it might. You know, but I th- I just think, yeah, it, it, th- then it would be because you would have this, the scenario we painted, you would have Clemson with two losses, Florida with two losses, Iowa State or Oklahoma mm-hmm. with two losses, whoever would win that game, and Cincinnati may be unbeaten. And you'd have to choose one of those four teams, and I don't know who who, who they you know who has the better credentials, who doesn't. Here's one ah. thing: if if Notre Dame somehow beats Clemson, and for the record, I'm saying Clemson's going to win a close game. Okay, I think Notre Dame will probably cover, but I think Clemson wins. Okay, uh, is it fair to put Clemson in the playoff? I know fairness doesn't really mean crap in this. Would it be fair to put Clemson in the playoff if they lost to Notre Dame twice with the idea that if Notre Dame had to play them a third time and basically have to beat them a third time? ESPN has a stat. No team. No, no, no. My answer is no. If Clemson is deserving to be in the playoff, if that's what the college football committee deems, then they're in. It shouldn't matter if they might have to play them a third time. And I don't think think a two-loss Clemson team would necessarily get in. Okay, but if the two losses are by three points to the same team, and you're comparing them to Florida, and you're comparing them to Iowa State or Oklahoma, and you're comparing them to Cincinnati, I, I don't know how they wash out in in that. 
But I'm just telling you that if Florida beats Bama, yeah, that will weigh, and it's going to be Saturday night. It's the last game they're going to see. Mm-hmm. Okay? And you don't get any better than beating Bama. No, you don't. That's like beating the Chiefs. You know, I mean, so I think at that point, Florida might be able. Now, if Ohio State wins, I don't think Florida has a chance, even if they beat Bama. Okay. Because I think Ohio State would get in. I think Notre Dame would get in ahead of Florida, uh, unless they lost by 30. You know, if they lost by 30, maybe not. Um, But they also have a good win over North Carolina. Yeah, they do. You know, um, I think think the third hardest. Yeah, it's just a matter of Bama is the first or four seed, and I think uh, Clemson would be in at that point too. So if you're if you're Florida, if you're anybody, if you're any of those teams, you got to root for Ohio State to lose. You, you have th- to, and you have to root for Notre Dame. So your rooting interest this week, if you're any of those teams, you root for Notre Dame to beat Clemson again, and you root for Northwestern, um, Northwestern, uh, uh, Northwestern, and you root that Florida does not beat Bama. Yeah. All right, so that and is... Then, and then Temple could get in. And, oh, no, no, that can't happen. No, no. All right. And I shouldn't say that because they had a rough year with the COVID. Yeah, they did. All right. It's not it's not fair. All right, so that's the college picks for me. You don't have any? Am I correct? I, I looked at a couple games. I mean, if I went down there, I could probably throw... Well, I, I, it was funny. I was looking at Army's getting two and a half at home. Against Air Force for the Commander-in-Chief's Cup, Cup or a trophy, yeah. Right. But they're coming off the Navy game, mm-hmm. you know, and they never play a game the week after Navy, ever. They play a bowl game, yeah. but, you know, they don't. And I just don't know what to make of it, but I don't know. I mean, Army getting two and a half at home, Army's pretty good. Yeah, I agree. I but, don't, but that game from last week bothers me. It does. Because I, yeah, I don't know what to make of how much. They, they throw everything into that game, right? I mean, that, that's, uh-huh. you know, that's their Super Bowl squared, so. I don't know. Uh, you see, hey, Kevin, did you see, by the way, that more teams are pulling out of bowl games? Yeah, they may not have enough to fill the 34. Well, UCLA, I think. Um, did UCLA back out? out? They said they weren't going to. Um, and there was another team. Who? who um, I don't know. Hold I'll, on. I'll, 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 no, I, I actually can look this up. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, one of the. One but of what the, does that tell you? That these, that these, in fact, Penn State, I think, is mulling it, right? Joe Giuliano had a story because the kids haven't been home for, no, you since know, June. whatever, and they're mulling, do we want to go to a bowl game um, or let our kids go home? And I'm look, I'm not sure kids could. UCLA has bypassed. COVID anyway. Yep. Um, but it's an interesting scenario that college football is pushing forward, but yet some teams now are saying maybe we've pushed enough. You know, well, us, Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech has made a bowl like twenty eight straight years. They're, that's 20, they had the, they had the record. It was the longest active current streak, twenty seven or twenty eight, and they decided not to go. Uh, a lot of ACC teams. There's about five five ACC teams. I think Pitt, BC, Virginia Tech. I'm 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 missing a couple others, but um, yeah. Oh, the other game I was looking at. Wake, who's Wake Forest playing? Oh, they're getting. They're you getting love. Like, um, you no, love no, your Wake. Well, Forest. because they're coming off a really bad loss. Okay. And I'm just they're home, um, and they're play, They're getting. They're get. They're either hold giving on, like a couple hold on. or get Florida State. They're giving six and a half. Yeah. Well, yeah. And Florida. I don't know if, yeah, six and a half. Something, but Florida State stinks. I hate Florida State. 
I used to love Florida State used to be my favorite team. I used to root for them every single year against Miami, and every single year they missed a kick. It was it was hard. <laughs> uh, hold on for a second. The apparently, did you hear this story? Uh, apparently, Hawaii is going to have to find a new home. What do you mean? They have been banned from using Aloha Stadium. Uh, can no longer afford to continue expenditures because of the COVID situation. That well, wait, but wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean next season? Next season. Hawaii well, football and searching next season. It doesn't matter. The authority has apparently gone bankrupt. Basically, that you owns mean the, the stadium. Who run the stadium? Yes. So it's just going to sit there. They're they're not going to. Appar- they're not going to. Apparently. Wow. Because um, Hawaii wait, is building I, a stadium that will replace it in twenty three. So, well, I, I, I guess they're going to have to use a high school stadium. Yep. Oh, I mean, but I don't, I don't know. Final, final thing before we move on to the NFL. Uh, Florida coach Dan Mullen said whether his team can reach a college football playoff with two losses is ultimately out of his control. Didn't stop him from projecting confidence heading into that showdown with Alabama in the SEC title game. Well, think about that on Saturday night after we win. Uh, I think it shows respect for us and for the league, the quality of opponents in the league, the grind and the demand of playing our 11th SEC game this season. I think that's a challenge. Other cover conferences haven't been through that. You're hearing more and more of these coaches taking their digs, specifically, I think, at Ohio State in the Big Ten. But that's what you do. you politic. It, it's Look, you have two choices as a coach. You keep your mouth shut and say nothing, okay? Or you say something. I mean, look, and Dan said, look, I have no – Dan's trying to get his team into playoffs, and he's coming off an embarrassing, embarrassing loss, okay? And we've seen Dabo Swinney go off a couple times this year on things where you just wish Dabo. Just, you know, you got a really good team. You've won national titles. Keep your mouth shut. But, but you know, look, it's uh, – I think if, like I said, if Florida beats Bama, it's a hell of a trump card. But things have to happen – and an unbeaten Ohio State, even if they're only 6-0 and or whatever they would be, 7-0, and I don't know how many games they would have played because nobody put a rule in saying this is how many games you have to play. You know, they did, the Big Ten did, but then they went back on it, and, and their logic, I think, made some sense that, hey, they'd beaten Indiana anyway, so they would have been the division champ. Mm-hmm. But if they had lost that last game to Michigan, they wouldn't have been in the playoffs. See, that's what they didn't never said. The Big Ten never said that. Um, but hey, look, if, if Ohio State gets in and a two loss Florida doesn't, tough crap. Because if Bama drops, let's say, let's say Florida beats Bama and all the other teams, Ohio State wins, uh, Clemson wins a three point game, uh, those three teams are in. Bama's only going to drop the fourth. Yeah. They're not going to drop out of the equation. They might even only drop the third. You know, Ohio State might still be fourth. And um, because that would make sense because Clemson could then play Clemson could play Ohio State in a rematch of last year's semi. Yep, and, and Bama could play Notre Dame. Dame. Yeah. Um and but what I'm saying is Florida's not gonna jump Bama. No. That ain't happening. Nope. So he, he's he gotta get Bama out of there somehow. So you know, unless he's gonna sit there and say, Hey, we deserve to be there ahead of our and look, on on Sunday, Kevin, if so many scenarios that we've talked about, there's gonna be some coach pitching. There's oh. no doubt about it. And it might not just be the Cincinnati coach. I'm sure the Texas A&M coach will have something to say. Yep. If he thinks he gets slighted. 
Um, and that's why they're going to probably go to eight teams, but they'll screw it up when they go to eight teams. They won't do it the right way. No. And we'll get like three SEC teams in, and then somebody else will be bitching. So. All right. You have some NFL ones you like this week? You know, it was funny, Kevin. I'm going to let you. I was looking. It, it seemed to me, I know I hate to say this, like a teaser kind of weekend because there's a few games where I think the team will win, but the spread was kind of like, it was like around a touchdown. Um, Like, I don't. I, I, I cannot see the Eagles winning this week. Nah. I mean, I can. I mean, don't get me wrong. They won last week. They, I mean, yeah, they're only a six-point underdog on the road, which is I just don't see them because now there's a game where the Cardinals can look at it. They, they've got a little bit of a book on Hurts. They, their quarterback plays the same way Jalen plays. Uh, and the, the Eagles can't throw the ball downfield. So, you know, I don't and I don't I don't think they're necessarily going to be playing ahead like last week. So, uh, uh are I you gr- going to win a car this week for your wife? No. There's no cars okay. this week. Okay. Okay. Um You know, I'm going to start You know, it's tough because there's a lot of games on the card you look at and go, "Ooh, that's interesting." All right, Let I'm me gonna, throw one at you. Go ahead. I have a little bit of a Miami New England. I was actually going right there. Go ahead. I, I, I'm going to take. I'm going to take the Dolphins lay to three. I think New England. No, the line was only like one. No, it's back to three. Oh, they bet the Dolphins back up again. Yeah. Okay. I looked at it today. It was one. Okay. I mean, I get it. New England. Uh, New England loves playing against rookie quarterbacks. Belichick screws with their minds and and throws junk defenses and all that. And, and but the Patriots' offense stinks. It just does. Well, they, scored, they scored 45 a couple weeks ago. Although yeah. three of them were like special team touchdowns. Yeah. I, I like the Miami side of the game, but every time I go against Bill Belichick, he gets me. I know. Uh, and the Dolphins, I mean, this is like an elimination game. To, I don't think New England can make the playoffs, but I guess they're still in contention. This but will this eliminate a, them if they lose. This is a huge game for Miami. Mm-hmm. It's a huge game. Whether they make the playoffs or not. Because you're trying to make a step. You know, you're trying to take a step. They've had a really good season so far. If you lose to, to Bill Belichick without a passing game at home, that's kind of like a step sideways, don't you think? I agree. Yeah. I agree. And I'm, I love that coach. I, yeah. I you know, and, and they've had some success against the Patriots. By the way, lately. there are three. I want to make sure I'm not missing. There are four. Games where the favorite is double figures this week. Yeah, Eddie Barkowitz had a thing about that today. The underdogs, it, it, it's happened 23 times so far this year, and I think the underdogs are 13 and 10. Uh, and I, I should point out, Tennessee by 11 over the Lions. Uh, it's the Ravens 13 over the Jaguars. Uh, the Rams 17 over the Jets. The and, Jets, by the way, I think. And, I might have the, this wrong. They've been a double-digit underdog, I think, four times. Yeah, and I think they're zero and four. <laughs> and the Steelers, and the Steelers are a thirteen-point road dog, uh, uh, road favorite. Excuse me, over the Bengals. So, um, yeah, the Bengals are. Money. Yeah, I mean, the one game. If I was going to tease a game, the Packers are not going to lose at home. No, I was actually going to bring that up. Right, was, but they're they're giving like a touchdown, right? Eight. Okay. I mean, I don't know if they're going to cover the eight. They're playing the Texans? No, the Panthers. Panthers. There's no, and I love, you know, Matt Rule's team has kind of hit a wall. Um, 
you know, McCaffrey's not playing. I don't know if, if the pack's going to cover, but the pack is not going to lose that game. Yeah, it, it, according to, well, Fox Bet, I was I throw them in because I, I've done some work with them. Uh, this is the 11th time in 14 games McCaffrey's not going to play. So yeah, I mean it's it's been it's hard. I mean, I mean and, and that's the that's the tough part. I mean, you know, you we all like Matt. Matt doesn't have his full weapons, and, and they've had some COVID issues too, haven't they? Yeah, they have. Uh, yeah, I would, but s- they weren't. Look, they weren't supposed to be good this year, so it's it's like a free year. That's the way I look at it. This is a Saturday four thirty game. I'll take the Bills. I'll lay the six on the road at Denver. I know it's see, a- that's it. See. I'm going to tease the Packers and, and, um, and the, the Bills. Bills. Okay. And I hate teasing on the road, I, but I, I hate Denver. But I, I, I just don't think Denver's – I mean, they play a lot of close games. They don't win very many of them. Well, you know, the funny part was Denver won four of the last five last year. And they're kind of yes, in that same did. spot. Yes, they they're kind of yeah. in that same spot that, that this year. Uh, but Buffalo is really good. Th- that coach is getting fired, I think. Um, I don't know if he gets fired. Well, look, maybe he comes back. If he comes back, they'll be just, they, they, they're not good. They're not good. Um, the Bills are good. Now, they're coming off a really big win. That's the one thing I worry about, that they might just be a little On bit, a short week on the road. I get it. Yeah. No, no, but they might be smelling themselves a little, and, and I don't know who they get next week, but it could be that, you know, that, that middle game. That I think they got Miami is. next week. Who they got? They may they have Miami next week. So that's a big game. Yeah. I mean, that's a big game for them. But I'll tell you what, man, what they've done with that quarterback is remarkable. In a, in a year and a half, yeah. I mean, this guy was being billed as a bust. Yep. And if you went back and had that draft now, I mean, he gets taken ahead of. And May, look, Mayfield played really good on Monday night. Mayfield's hmm. had a decent year with Stefanski. I'm not not, but but this kid would go ahead of Mayfield. Um. My last pick, and by the way, I, I took the Cardinals uh, minus six. So, okay, no, that, hey, look, I, I, I could not play the Eagles. Yeah, but again, uh, you know, who knows what Jalen Hurts is going to do on, on Sunday? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm rooting go- for the kids, so you know, I want to see the Eagles play well. I mean, it, just because they're the Eagles, but um, I, I, I just don't see them winning this game. I, I can't, you know, it's just. It, it's just a hard matchup, and, and I think the Cardinal quarterback's going to give them fits, and and for, and and the receivers might give their secondary fits. I'm holding my fire a little bit on this one from saying that I think this team wins outright. No, go for it. Outright's always good. I'm going to take the money line, man. I'm going to take the Washington football team at home over the Seahawks. It's a six point line right now. Right, Alex Smith. Being out kind of makes me take a little step back from maybe See, doing that's, money. That's line. where the, that's where you lose me on the outright because of Alex Smith. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like, yeah, mm, that's why. I, but taking the six, yeah, I'll take the six because here's the thing: you look at Washington, and it's been a steady improvement since like week five. Well, here's where they're going to win the game if they win it. Or defense. Their front seven on defense is incredible, is tremendous. So if they can pressure um, Russ, um, you know maybe um, I I can see it being a close. I, I, if 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 the quarterback was healthy, I would love this game. 
but I just don't trust Haskins because the coach doesn't trust Haskins, which is why Haskins isn't the quarterback. Well, and, and then there's this part on it. I think the Seahawks, look, they blew out the Jets last week, but everybody blows the Jets out. <coughs> I mean, you see all what happened with the Giants, and the Giants and Washington are kind of similar in a sense of their defense will make you sweat, and they will get a lot of pressure on the quarterback, and they will make life uncomfortable for the quarterback, maybe get a turnover or two, and that could be a difference in a game like this. Plus, Seattle having to come back east again. I, I, I just, I just, I just worry about the quarterback. I oh, just, I, I completely I'm, I'm agree. Not, I am not a big Haskins fan. I, you have said uh, that. You have made that and, known. Yeah, and I'm not a big fan of the guy coming out of Ohio State this year. You know, I know he's going to be the number two pick, and and he, you know what? Again, tell it's the me history. the last time Ohio State quarterback went into the pros and was good. And there's like five schools I could say that about. Um. But there, there are none. There's none. No. Mark Schleister? I mean, I don't know. Cardale Jones. Yeah. Um, Bobby Hoyne. Uh, you know, um, so there's that. Um, the guy that won the Heisman Trophy in 2008. I mean, um, but I, I just, if if this quarterback was 100% and playing, and the line probably would be maybe only four or four five. Four or five. Was, I, I love this team. I mean, I love him. I, I but but the, what Rivera's done with this team, and with this quarterback, and it, it's just tremendous. Uh, but the, it, man, because I could see Haskins maybe turning it over a couple times. Uh, I'll tell you, the play in that game, Kevin, might be the under. Yeah, it could be. I mean, I don't even know what the number is. I'm getting like around Four, 40, uh, forty-four. Maybe? I think forty-three, forty-four. I mean, that could be like you know, I could see like a twenty-seventeen game or or something of that ilk. I don't I don't think the Redskins are going to score a whole lot. Uh and I'm not sure Seattle's going to score a real lot. No. Uh it could look like a Seahawk Eagle game. Yeah, it could. Uh beef uh, so before we go, we'll give you a couple uh, heads up here. Uh Mark Zumoff has agreed to appear on this program. Um Do you know he just had back surgery? Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't know that until I was listening the other night. Um, we're hoping to get Mark on over the holidays at some point here um, to talk Sixer basketball. And by the way, we, we, we've we run out of time, but obviously the reports the night, the Woj bomb the night that the Sixers have talked to the Rockets about James Harden and included the name Ben Simmons. But well, the, two, the two sides are still far away from a deal. Daryl Morey has denied now, real quick, have you been listening to all the all the Harden stuff in the last couple of days? Yeah. Okay. Doesn't paint a real good picture of James Harden. No, it doesn't. The now, fact, I understand he scores thirty. The fact that he came in and looked not, the fact that he came in and looked like James Peters in the layup line yesterday, or Jason Peters in well, the layup line yesterday, didn't look well, great either. I just either. don't like the idea, and Maury sort of let this happen that James ran the place. I mean, that's what that that was the couple of quotes from people. Was he ran the organization? Right. Pretty much whatever James wanted. Okay, that's fine. I understand. He's the superstar. You got to let him do. Yeah, you know, but Chris Paul came in there and didn't like him, couldn't play with him. Westbrook, I'm not sure, was thrilled well, about it. I mean, I, Westbrook is a different animal, but if you alienate Chris, Chris Paul, Paul, yeah. Yeah, you right. alienate Chris Paul, that's that's saying something. And they could have made the finals that I mean, they could have beat the Warriors that year. Yeah, they could. You know, um, and even with Chris Paul getting hurt. They had double-digit leads in those last two games. Yep. And James didn't – now, I'm not blaming it on him. I'm not saying that. But if you're going to trade Ben Simmons for James Harden, two things better be damn sure. 
you better at least get to a final with James Harden, okay? And Ben and James Harden better not play two years, and Ben Simmons play ten years, and be six to be the pitcher for the Marlins or five years from or now. Or you can't have Joel Embiid demanding to get traded because he can't stand playing with James Harden. Well, I think he look. I think if they made the move, they would go in with an everybody would go in with an open mind because they would probably looked at the coach. Oh, but I think I think everybody is going in with an open mind on this and and in any circumstance with Harden because it looks great. And then you worry about what happens. Yeah, but when D'Antoni was in Houston, they were going to run a thing for him. I mean, that was basically, and I understand if he came here, you kind of have to do sort of the same thing. But Houston never had a Joel Embiid. They didn't. I mean, it, there wasn't a guy who was going to score 25 or 28. I mean, Chris Paul's a great player, right? but he, he's not the same kind of thing. And I think they would only do it with the blessing of the coach. You would think. And if the coach... If the coach thought that that gave them a better chance of winning a championship than Ben Simmons, I think the coach wants to see what they can do with Simmons in a beat. And that might be the wrong move. Yeah, now, The wrong move might be maybe they can't. But I think this organization really wants to see if it can. And I think if it isn't working, the one thing you do know is Maury won't hesitate to make moves. But I think in the back of Maury's mind, if he really, really, really wants to do something – He's going to try to do it without giving up Simmons and and I agree. And, and, I agree. and and the longer this drags on, the more the price might you might be able to say, hey, we'll give you Tobias, we'll give you our first round pick that we just took, who apparently looks like he's a decent little player, um, and, and like two first round draft picks. And at some point, you know, maybe Houston says. You know, because the more Harden's being a pain in the ass in Houston, yeah. even though they technically have the leverage, they technically don't have, I don't the, have leverage. the leverage. Yep, I agree. Um, Let me ask you a question. If you could get James Harden without giving up Simmons, oh, yeah, but if you it, don't even think about it. I mean, you're not worried about him being an asshole. Every locker room has an asshole. Yeah, you're right. No. And, and if you have an asshole scores 30-some a game. I'll, I'll take that asshole. That's a, yeah. You're you're exactly right, Kevin. You're, and and also the yeah. fact that, and you almost look at it this way: if you're doing it without giving up Simmons, right? Then you still got your two core, and you're adding into your core, and you're subbing right. really, probably assuming Tobias for him. Well, you got a three. You got a three headed core. But real, one. but realistically, I don't see Houston making that trade now without Simmons. I don't either. But I'm just saying: is do you think that Harden and Simmons could coexist? Oof. Boy, Harden wants the ball a, in his hands a lot. That's the question you have to ask yourself because, you know, uh, they both want Harden, the ball. Harden will want the ball in his hands a lot. In all the years you covered the Phillies, or uh, any sport really, because you covered our besides the Phillies, was there ever, don't name names, I don't want names, but was there assholes in the locker room? <laughs> no, 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 no. There, there were worse, no, no. Let me finish. There were James, like, that were, that bought so much to the equation that you couldn't say, you know, you're an like it's well. James yeah. Harden might be an idiot, but he scores 35 a game. So yeah, you don't want me to name the name? Nah. Well, if you feel comfortable, that's okay by me. Jonathan Papelbon. Okay. See, I don't equate him with James Harden, though. No, but you're saying somebody who was so good and yeah, yet was such a difficult person. You know, Kurt Schilling in a lot of cases would have been classified in that way too. Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. You know, look. I mean, see, baseball is different than any other locker room. Um, yeah, I know. You know I know. You, look, yeah. uh, you, some people, uh, I don't want to say an asshole. I don't think it was an asshole. 
But yeah, Alan, that, that's, that was my word. Right. That's probably the wrong no, word. No, 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 no. But, but I'm using it for a different person. because Right. You know. But James Harden might not be that. I might have used right. the wrong word in describing uh, But that. But like a guy who's difficult. Right. That's a good word. Alan was difficult. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah, Alan, you're right. Alan was really difficult in a lot of ways. You know, he didn't want to yeah. practice. He didn't. But Alan yeah, also yeah, was the best you're right. friggin' player this organization's had in 30 years. Yeah, you're Kevin, you're ap- you're absolutely right. Um I mean I mean, I just don't I would hate for the Sixers to make the trade and it backfire on them. Well, and I know that sounds stupid when you're getting a guy that's as good as Harden. I'll tell you what, if Ben Simmons wants to stay, he better learn to shoot. And he better do it quick because I well, almost wonder But the other way of looking at it is Simmons could have the ball. And Harden could be the guy now, but that's not what. No, Harden but does. what I'm he saying is, if up. Simmons, if Simmons doesn't want to be included in the trade, if Simmons wants to stay here, then he has to start reacting by adjusting his game a little bit, because the only reason the Sixers will be looking to move him or include him in part of it if they feel like he's never going to adjust. Adjust how? To shooting the basketball. He ain't shoot Kevin. Kevin. It's the same answer I'm going to give you with Howie Roseman, okay? Ben Simmons is not shooting the basketball, okay? But in lieu of that, he's still a second-team All-NBA player. Mike, I agree, but I'm just... Well, well, but you just answered your question. They, they but I'm not going to go to Ben and say, Ben, you got to shoot more, and Ben's going to say this is No, this the is point I'm saying is if Ben wants to stay here, if Ben doesn't want to get traded, then Ben's going to have to take some of it and listen to some coaches and not be stubborn. I think the one thing we've learned from the football team is that maybe the, maybe the quarterback was a little too stubborn and not adjusting to some of the stuff that, that you know, if you take the Santa Liquido article at face value, mm-hmm. that right. he's stubborn and he doesn't necessarily want, he's not going to adapt. He forces the coaches to adapt to him. That becomes a problem. And but see, here's here's what I'll say. These about coaches and this general manager and this coach has enough gravitas to say, you're not going to adjust to me. You're going to be out of here. But Ben is never going to shoot the way people, when they say Ben shoot. I'm not saying that Ben won't shoot. Right. He will. But he's not going to ever shoot the way fans want him to shoot. It ain't going to happen. But. If you put the right pieces around Ben, he's better. Sure, I, I think he and and he gives you, you know, nobody counts the defense. You know, his defense compared to James Harden's defense is almost like Harden's thirty-five points to Ben's seventeen points. Yeah, I know. I mean, and you can't just if you take him out of there, you, you know, you all have of a sudden hole. you have a you have gigantic a hole. hole. So you're you're getting you're getting better at one end but worse at another end. So I think. I- Unless you st- unless they can pry him loose without giving up one of those two guys, I think they're going to go forward with kind of what they- I mean. More he's going to make moves. They're going to right. move some right. of the the other pieces. But um, and look, the rookie, all the and it's only been a, whatever, but the rookie seems like he was a decent pick. Yeah. Um, that he he's going to help. Um, it seems like Danny Green and Seth Curry were decent pickups even though they're only probably going to be here for a couple years. <clears throat> so I think Howard was a decent pickup. Yeah. Not great, but, you know, decent. They needed him, and they got rid of Horford. Yeah. So, you know, the problem that they have is the rest of the East is pretty good. Yeah, it is. 
Uh, and of course, Giannis now signing the max extension too, so he's not going anywhere. Yeah, uh, they haven't done any. They they haven't. They, they, they got. They they're going to hit playoff. Her, you know, they got to prove it in the playoffs at some point. Uh, we're back on Tuesday. One show next week, so uh, we yeah maybe we do a little gambling preview or something on Thursday, but a full show. No, it's going to be. We're going to get ready for the holiday. Obviously, we, we should so. just do it in one show. Just right. do it. Do it on Tuesday or Wednesday, and just we'll do, do a Wednesday. We'll do a Wednesday. Next week will be probably one show too. Uh, yeah, the following week we'll probably do our end of the year show. I'm working on our guests to come in on that one. Uh, Jack, Jack, Mike, um, and John. Probably should we do the same as last year? I don't know. Whatever. I you know. Uh, and also we're gonna. I'm gonna be cutting up clips over the weekend. We'll have our best interviews from 2020. That'll be up on here uh, with some of the best people that we've talked to. Uh, I go for Nutman. That's my vote. <laughs> uh, Jim Gardner, Ruben Amaro. Oh, yeah. All the guys, a lot of guys were good. Yeah. We I had, didn't do a call. You did, I think you did Ruben by yourself. I did Ruben by myself. Uh, but I got to tell you something. Just off the top of my head now. But Jim Gardner had to be the best. Jim. Because it was just something different. Yep. He was tremendous. And it's Jim Gardner. It's Jim Gardner. And I'm not knocking anybody else. I'm not knocking Angelo or 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 any Mike Mizzanelli. I'm trying to think of all the people that we've been lucky enough to have. Kevin the Gandhi. Yep. On and on and on and on. But Jim Gardner is Jim Gardner, man. Uh, Angelo, uh, we're working on getting Angelo back here early in the new year. Uh, John King. Mariota just ran for 25 yards, by the way. Really? John King. Yeah, John Kincaid uh, will join us at some point as well before uh, as he gets started his new show. On ninety seven five, we got a lot of guests lined up. We mentioned Mark Zumoff. We we, you know, we'll eventually talk hockey as well, since they're apparently coming back at some point um, here. And they might be good. And they might be good. Who knows? That could be a big disappointment. Well, let's. let's no, I'm just let saying. Them. If if they're just if they're like because everybody's thinking Stanley Cup or Stanley Cup final, right. and it may happen. Who knows? But in, in a weird season where the divisions are going to be different and. You know, you're, and it's only going to be fifty games, yeah. or whatever, whatever it's going to be. If the Flyers somehow just have a, a not not as good a year as everybody thinks they are, I just don't want people to be like, it's COVID, man. Yeah, everything's different. Yeah, even as bad as the Eagles have been this year. Yep, and I'm not making, but I'm just saying it's it's been a, a weird, weird, weird year. Yep, we got a couple so, shows left in this weird year. So and, and Aguilar just dropped the pass. So oh, there's there's, there's a stunner. Uh, thank you, thank you, Michael. John Gruden, John Gruden looks like he's put on about twenty pounds. Well, it's the Vegas buffets. Um, the uh, th- thank you to Ricky Ricardo for joining us. Thank you to you for joining us. Have a safe weekend. Uh, we'll see you next week. And as we go out, instead of our normal exit, we will play the greatest song of all time. Oh, according I'm to, gonna tell, I know what you're going to play, but I'm just going to tell you: Go Irish. Well, I hope so, but. The greatest song of all time. A little, a little thunder road as we go out. For Mike Kern, I'm Kevin Cooney. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on next week. Working the beat. The screen door slams. Mary's dress waves. Like a vision, she dances across the porch as the radio plays. Roy Orbison singing for the lonely. Hey, that's me and I want you only. 
Don't turn me home again I just can't face myself Inside, darling, you know just what I'm here 